This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning. This is Talking Devils, your favourite podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Bolton, joined by Manchester United legend Paul Parker. To talk over, Paul, we are going to talk about United winning a game of football, which seems like the first time for about six months and um, <laughs> a novelty, um, to, to be sure. Um, so, yeah, if you're watching live on YouTube, feel free to get your comments and questions in. Please like and subscribe the video as well. If you're watching the replay, please feel free to say hello and comment. We do still reply to the comments. If you're listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to leave a review on the platform you're listening on. Um, Paul, what a turn up for the books. Um, United 2, Liverpool 1. They pull out a performance that, quite frankly, I didn't think was possible. Um, Before we talk about the game, let's talk about what happened before the game. Eric Tenog. Some huge selection calls in there. He dropped Ari Maguire, dropped Luke Shaw, recalled Scott McTominay, which, given that he's dropped and recalled McTominay and Fred, probably indicates that he's not happy with that position, sort of proven by the signing of Casemiro, and we'll get to him as well in due course. Another big call was keeping in Martinez at centre-back. Another big call was dropping Ronaldo. Another big call was not calling up Martial. So before we even get to the game, he's made a number of big calls in the team selection. Shows a lot of courage from him, doesn't it? He's gone in there, he said, this is my team and I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, well, I'm I'm pleased about that. I think everyone has been talked about for a long, long time and I just think he's he's gone and done it and he's done it in, in in the biggest game that Manchester United play through any season. It's It's the biggest game and to go and do that I was chatting about before and with people before I started working on it and, and just looked, everyone kept talking about Salah and I always kept saying, Salah, if he's up against Luke Shaw, will always have joy. Just by his clever movement and the fact of Luke Shaw isn't, hasn't got quick feet and is not tenacious enough to, to get Salah's head down when he got on the ball. And we have to say, Melassa, um, Melassa had done absolutely fantastic the way he was always buzzing around him he never allowed Salah to get his head up to look for a pass or look for a shot and every time Salah's tried to make those clever little runs which you know he always does he was always in close contact with him to block him but I have to say on the left side as well when you've got someone 
like Martinez, I mean, another defender which, if it was Sir Alex, Sir Alex would kind of describe him as saying, the first thing he'll say about him as a defender is that he senses danger. Yeah. Every time there was a block, he was blocking, he was putting himself, getting to pick the to get in with people at the same time the ball was being received by them, just so they couldn't they couldn't turn. And if they did, he was there to bang, he cleared it. And that left side is as tight as it's been in years. There was no runs in between. There was no one getting in over anyone's shoulder. It was it was so strong and positive and very assertive going forward. If we look at the first goal, the first goal come about because Martinez on his left foot just went bang and knocked it wide straight away to Alanga. No divering on it, no looking up, no waving arms, no running to cul-de-sac and turning around and passing back. It just went bang, a natural left footer. And that's the only reason why that was allowed to happen. If you've got someone like him, who's got a good left foot, who's going to look to his left, someone like Alanga can stay wide. He will stay wide, knowing that he's instantaneously going to keep getting the ball. Um, so, So that worked out as well. Playing next to Varane, in the modern game, you don't need two big colossal, colossal people as centre half. You need you need people who can play football, and that's what United had through the middle. Two two centre half who played with a little bit of guile of when to go short, when to go long. Physicality comes into play in certain times, I think, in in the division, but not as much as it did a few years ago. We have to say, and then you look at then you look in the midfield and what he done in there. And you could see it was better. You could see it was that little bit better in there, a bit sharper with the ball. Um, I have to say the the biggest change was Marcus Rashford because he was doing everything yeah. that I said he hadn't been doing for years because he had forgotten to do it and maybe he thought he was better. He didn't have to do it anymore because he was good at it. But the only way Marcus Rashford is going to be a player for Manchester United, if he r- tries initially runs behind people to stretch them out, yeah. to, create, to create space for others in the gaps he leaves, or for people to be very, very wary of him, and then all of a sudden, they drop further back, and they're given space to get the ball to his feet. We saw him make a run in the second half, coming in off his left side. I think he went past three people, but that's because he created a bit of space, Wayne. So it seems like maybe um, Ten Ten Hag may be getting through to him, but we have to say is that, if football was all about winning leagues and winning trophies over one game, then United have got a cupboard full already. So there's there's an even bigger game coming up at the weekend in the game where now Manchester United are expected to win. People will be turning up in their droves to watch it. People will be there listening on radios to to hear about how they're going. So that's the most important thing now for Manchester United. Yeah, um, some massive calls in, in his selection and you're right, you've got all the combinations right. And already in the comments, we've got um, some great um, notes about literally what you just said. Rory said the big calls were justified in the performance and now he should have won the trust of the players that his methods will work. Dan says Malassia was outstanding. Varane and Martinez, incredible. Best that we've looked at the back for years. The, the way that they were working as a team of four and they... I'll talk about that more in a second. But, yeah, great comment there from Dan. Um, waking up on cloud nine after watching United. What is this sorcery, says David. And Dan says, there is no better feeling waking up after United win. Changes your mood for the whole week, especially when it's against Liverpool. Um, yeah, we'll talk about all the attacking and everything that comes along with that. But th- let's, first of all, give credit to the defence because we've talked about it for a long time. 
everything seems to be sorted out. Yeah, obviously we're talking about long term, but over the evidence of that 90 minutes against a really strong side, United didn't compound their own weaknesses. They didn't play out from the back. They pushed it high up the pitch. As a four, they were completely in sync and in communication with each other and they were playing as a team. They were playing for each other. All the things that you were talking about last week don't play to each other's weaknesses. There was a moment where Varane got tangled up in his feet and Dallow came and helped him out. Varane just got it out of play and the two were high-fiving. Like, it's like, what? Are you? Is everyone friend, friends now? But it was good to see that kind of unity in, in, the, um, in the back line. And these are all the things, you know, that we have, we've been wondering about. So it looks like this kind of combination there. Yeah, you could say that United still need an upgrade at right-back and Wan-Bissaka was called in at the end, and we'll talk about the late changes and everything in a moment. But for the first time, it does look like United have got a defence that seems to work. And as long as Ten Hag seems to have identified the two things that you've already mentioned, first of all, that they're not playing out from the back. Second of all, that they were getting in behind the defence, which made a profound difference to Alanga and to Rashford because we were creating chances from that. Um, overall, Paul, like I said earlier, United put in a performance that I wasn't even sure was possible from this team. The changes obviously had an impact on raising the performance levels. I thought Varane and Delo possibly played the best games for the club. McTominay, one of his top three performances, maybe. Sancho looked better. Rashford definitely looked more free. And when he had that chance in the second half after he scored, the one that you just talked about, I was thinking that's a goal of the season contender if that drip, uh, drops just a little bit because... The shot was so wicked. It was like watching United play. Like to be very sort of cliched about it for 60, 70 minutes, it was genuinely like watching a United team play, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. There was a little there was more energy. It was just the fact they were moving the ball quicker. It wasn't never I mean, it, I can't even talk about them about United being laboured. To be perfectly honest, I think sometimes during that second half, I wanted them to be laboured because they were still looking to go and score another goal. But that is Manchester United. That was Manchester United before I signed for them. That was Manchester United when I was playing for them. And that was Manchester United after I played for them, obviously up until 2013. But there was a little bit of that back, which I saw. Yes, there were still issues. But then anyone, anyone can say that regardless of how teams perform. The bit you talked about initially was about the playing out from the back. And I'm not a fan. If you haven't got the players who are 100% confident to want to do it every single time, ask them to make to make to take responsibility themselves to say, we're not going to do it. There was just the one time in the game when David De Gea gave a ball to Varane in the first half and he put Varane under a bit of pressure when it should have just gone forward. That was the only one time. But like I said, they... They didn't have to do it. And the only time they played out, as they always say, only as a defender, only dribble out of a situation if you're in a confined space, if you if you can't clear it. If you're just going to clear it and kick it at someone for a rebound to go somewhere where you don't know about, you can't do it. You have to sometimes dribble out of a situation. You're forced into having to beat a man or just get to gain half a yard to clear it. But they didn't put themselves in those positions, which... I really, really like it. Why go and do something if you're not comfortable doing it? And to be honest, you can still win games, perform well by not having to consistently play out from the edge of your six-yard six box. You're virtually, you're saying, I, you know, like you're saying to the spider, 
I'm a fly. I'm hanging there on the edge of the web, waiting for you to come and get me. That's, yeah. that's what it's about. That's what it's about at the moment. It's trapped. People set up now. Training sessions are full of people knowing they're going to do that. You do that, and you're going to get caught out. At some point, you're going to you're going to be under pressure. So United have stopped doing that. Now, team. Now, Southampton know that United are not going to consistently keep playing out. It puts them a little bit on the back foot on what they want to do next. So you've changed it. You change the dynamics. Isn't that meant to what football's about rather than everyone doing the same? Yeah. You know, and that's the problem. Everybody is doing the same. You're getting teams generally over the last few seasons are at the bottom and fighting for their lives. And you've got teams at the top who are trying to win things. And both of them are trying to do the same thing. You think, so if you're fighting for your life, you don't really want to be playing tippy-tappy on the edge of your six-yard box in front of a goalkeeper who's not comfortable. You know, you look at Southampton last season, they had Forster in goal. He didn't want to be keep playing out from there. Yeah. He's an old-fashioned goalkeeper who doesn't want to play that way. It's like virtually saying to Peter Shelton, just come and, come and join in a five-a-side. Shelton's is only as good at five-a-side maybe as Douglas Bader without his legs. So uh, so it's, it's pointless doing something when people ain't comfortable. And maybe now he's, he's getting the players to take responsibility. If, you, if it's not right, clear your lines and argue about it later. When you argue about it, you turn and say, have they scored? Have they had a shot from that what I've gone and done? And yeah. the answer to that is, no, they haven't. Right. OK, we can start again and we're still in the game. Yeah. A um, couple more comments. Rory says Talk Sport was hilarious last night, by the way. Paul Scouse is calling for Klopp's head already. Well, they're in a relegation fight, just like we were last week. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean even one even one of them, Wayne, turned around and said about about um Alexander Arnold. He even he even said about him he's had a, one another caller said he's had enough of him. You know, so but that, that's that's the way. That's the mentality of some supporters when you're talking about one one result and two months ago all those Liverpool fans were singing about having a quadruple. So, you know, who dares to call football fans fickle? Yeah. Uh, thankfully, I don't think they can do that on our podcast, at least. Um, David says, echoing what Paul said, as much as we loved last night, it will mean nothing if we don't keep up on this Saturday. Um, Jury's still out, but that team wants to be the blueprint for this season. Yeah, obviously, Casemiro's got to come in. We'll talk about Southampton, obviously, in due course. I do want to get back to that mentality thing, because... Football, it seems silly because, I mean, confidence in football is the, the major thing, right? Confidence and momentum, as well as obvious ability, plays a part. But that's what the value of a coach is basically improving a player and giving them confidence and keeping momentum going wherever possible, positive momentum, that is. It's so weird how something so simple as saying, it seems really obvious, as saying, like, don't play to your weaknesses, play to your strengths, can have such a profound impact, firstly on the the way that the you know the the result itself and the performance, but obviously those confidence levels now, because those players will know, hang on, if we if we play to the things that are good for us instead of looking at our weaknesses, then we can beat if we can beat Liverpool, we can beat anyone in the league, really, theoretically, that's where it stands. And you you don't want it to be overconfidence because certainly this over this team over the last year has shown that they can also be beaten by anyone in the league. But it, it shows if you've got the right manager giving delivering that kind of message and he's saying, look, if you play to your strengths, and I I can change my system. We don't necessarily all, always have to play out from the back. I recognise that you've got strengths and we can still win big games playing 
to those strengths, if they can keep that message in the right way, that's possibly one of the biggest things that Tenard can do, isn't it? You know, that he can galvanise that mentality in the squad. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got his, he's got himself a, a good base level at the moment and what he saw. Um, he'll be saying his head now, he'll be, he'll be talking about how he can improve it to get because he, he wants he wants consistency which comes with continuity I think and that's the thing that will get you over the line is everyone knows their job so I think everyone will have their opinion about how we can improve that team the difference is this time out of every United fan is that now very much every almost majority of them are going to be very similar in what they'll say and how they would tweak that team to improve it with the squad at this moment in time for the first yeah. time they're going to be that much closer collectively the fans about how they can improve that team which is an added bonus as well it's the it's 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 always good to beat to beat liverpool because for some unknown reason, they do really seriously gloat about it when they beat Manchester United. While I personally think United are in a different mindset when they do win, it was it was important to win. It was important not to to lose that game and definitely not lose it in the manner in which they lost the, the last two games yeah. of last season. But it's the way they've gone, the way they've gone and done it, the manner in which they've gone and done it, which I think is the the big thing for the supporters. If they'd have won that game and just been sitting back in the box but got over the line and just hung on, David De Gea's had a fantastic game and have nicked it by a little bit of a lucky goal, then United fans would have been, yes, they've done that, but there still would have been massive, massive doubts yeah. just by getting by because you'd expect them to always dig in when they play Liverpool. It's a fact, yeah. if, you don't, if you don't dig in against Liverpool... You know, please don't come back and play for Manchester United if you're not willing to dig in in those those guaranteed two games over over every season. But they they went and showed more than that, especially in that first 60, 70 minutes. There was everything there which you had expected pre 2013 under Sir Alex. But that hasn't been there. What we saw last night over those over those like near you know nine and up, nearly nine and a half years since Sir Alex retired. So that is an added plus. Now, what I'm hoping for is something's going to twig and something's going to change is that he's going to get backed. He's going to get backed. We don't know if he's getting what he actually had on his shopping list. I don't think Casemiro was on his shopping list. But when you look as a focal point and someone who's been and done it, he's put his age away because every time United sign a player, the age thing keeps coming up. If it's not age, it's height. Um, there's always a... Seems to be every signing seems to be a bad a bad signing, but every other team side makes great signing and great decision, and they're going in the right direction. So let's see let's see how this turns out over this next. Well, let's see what happens leading up to the first of September. I think two more additions are still needed. Yeah, I really do. As much as Rashford done okay and Martial, I still think a focal something is still needed. The answer is not Ronaldo. In the way you, the way United play at that at that tempo, the answer is Ronaldo isn't Ronaldo. He's not going. He's not going to be able to play at that tempo because the tempo is really, really good. The tempo was Manchester United. Yeah, um, Rory says, can we talk about the hair coming off his line three times in a game, please? He clearly trusts those centre backs if he's willing to come out and clear danger like that. This is the point, isn't it? If you play to a team's strengths, then players will be more confident to do the things that they're good at rather than 
being placed into a situation where they feel anxious because they've been told to do something that, that's not natural to them. So it, De Gea is definitely not like a natural commander of his box, but he's still comfortable in the basics of, well, effectively and supremely doing the basics of, of good goalkeeping. So when you've got a defence that's working for each other, then you're going to see a, a goalkeeper playing with confidence. See, I mean, let's be fair, he needed to show that after the criticism after Brentford and he, he put in a decent show as well, didn't he? Yeah, well, the most important thing for me about David De Gea is that he makes saves and he made some incredible saves. Quick, I mean, he made yeah. one save, which I think was from um, uh, Mar Martinez, which, you know, twice, you know, one of them, he cleared one off the line when um, when Bruno decided he wanted to have a shot of goal in the first half and then... Um, but going back to the hay, he made a really some really good close saves, and that's his strength. Yeah. When when Manchester United or when Sir Alex signed David Gea, he knew that his strength was he's a good shot stopper. He's very good at that. I um, mean, it was things that he believed in him was going to you know help Manchester United. He was he was he won he won a Premier League title with Manchester United very early on in his career. And after that, all of a sudden now, he's getting criticism after criticism because he can't play out from the back. The difference is other goalkeepers can't make saves like him. When called upon, Allison fails. Edison fails, but they make great passes. I don't really want to see a goalkeeper who can religiously play like Beckenbauer from the back. But when it comes to having shots, he nearly got there. He was slightly unlucky. All that bobbled over his, over his foot. I really don't want... I'd rather a goalkeeper make saves. As a back four, you know that if you're going to give him the ball, you're more concerned that he doesn't go short again doing something uncomfortable. If he clears it 60 yards and the team don't get a shot at goal, that's a good job. But yeah. there's too many... I think there's too many people out there, too many people who are reading too much on social media and have got this great idea on how to play football when they've never played it. Have a goalkeeper who you can trust to make saves when called upon, to get you out of jail as a defender. That's all you want. And as a team, maybe go and win your games. You shouldn't be winning. But not yeah. a goalkeeper who wants to play out from the back. Look at Mendy. Look at yeah. what's happened to him, that goal. You know, you look at that and you think, so do you want Do you want to see David De Gea doing that? And someone will smart, smart, smart at it will say, oh, bring Henderson back. Henderson, Great with repetitive ones, but has he got the concentration levels to do it when it really matters in big games? And he got found out when he was playing in a few games as well. And it might take him a few years to mature. It would certainly take him a few years to maybe understand that when he's registered at a club, he shouldn't walk away and slag the club off while you're out on loan. That's a little bit he'll learn about life when he comes back to Manchester United. Yeah, um, for sure. We had Luke Steele on um, the other podcast that we do this morning and he talks about how the goalkeeping position at United is the hardest one in all of the 92 professional clubs in England and he's got a good point. The, the scrutiny that was on De Gea to have a good performance so when he puts in, no, he doesn't have to put in a world-class performance, he just has to be capable like he was yesterday and you know, United can breathe a sigh of relief. Um, the substitutes, um, Paul, Martial came on at half-time, obviously had a massive impact, seemed to really revel playing against Liverpool. And again, like the team performance, I wasn't expecting that from him, but he came out and, like you know, he looked relentless. You know, he looked really full of confidence that he was going to take the game to Liverpool, obviously created the goal 
and um, looked like he might score himself. The later subs seemed to invite Liverpool on a bit. You know, there didn't seem to be a lot of sense in like bringing Ronaldo or Van der Beek on or Fred even. But he was obviously doing it for the energy levels because United were putting a lot into that and it's not usually what they've done. Um, and the, the other way of looking at that, though, as I came out of Old Trafford and obviously impacted by the fact that we'd won the game, is that a team like Liverpool are going to have a spell against you anyway. You're not going to dominate them for 90 minutes. And we have to be very, very honest about this and very frank. Liverpool are still a better team than United. They've still got, you know, they're still probably going to finish higher than United in the league. So let's have no illusions about that. But you still can't expect, and sorry, not a but, and you can't expect United to dominate them for 90 minutes. So you're going to have to weather some kind of storm. And they did that. I think, um, I, mean, I want to talk about Fernandes in particular in a moment, but before that, the fact that, we, yeah, all right, we did concede a goal and, yeah, we made the changes and we sort of surrendered some of the natural element of what we were doing in the in the game and um, to see out the game. But at least we did that, right? I mean, because if, if we were fragile in the mentality, then it could have easily gone the other way in that last 10 minutes and we could have crumbled. So even though we made the changes, you've got to accommodate for the fact that Liverpool are going to have some pressure because they're a top team. And you've got to commend the defence in particular, the likes of uh, Malassia and Martinez for for the way that they um, saw out the game. So it was a professional conclusion and a, and a test that they passed, even though the changes were made, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they did. To be, everything was right. And the two players on the left-hand side, knowing each other so well, having to play, played so many, so many games, together they knew each other that's why there wasn't that gaps between them that's why there was that relationship i'm hoping now is that he he sticks he sticks to where he is now with that back four as such yeah. until if he's going to improve on the right back because that's the one place it does need to improve in the right back the that right full back area but i hope he sticks with it i hope he doesn't go and make a make a change feel he's got to maybe bring back harry Maguire because he kept him as captain and bring it back because Harry Maguire, can he change his game? Can he move quicker? Can he can he have can he limit himself to only two touches of the football, control and pass and move? But I really I really don't know. But we can see already the team to benefit top quality teams that succeed in we have to say in this country play at a high tempo. Doesn't matter what the, what the leagues should go in. You look at the teams that are doing well in every division. In this country, you will see the teams at the top play at a higher, higher tempo because they've got the players who have got the, the technique to be able to control and move and, and just play in that fashion. And United did that for a lot of, you know, you know a lot first of that first half period. They moved it quick and Liverpool couldn't deal with it. When you're looking at Henderson and you're looking at Milner in midfield, they couldn't do it. They just had Harvey Elliott. He was their one saving grace in there that showed that who could move with and without the ball. Other than that, really, wasn't it wasn't really working from Firmino. Well, Firmino, well, I mean, where where was he? I mean, he he yeah. wasn't there, but it didn't help him because every time he got on the ball, one of one of the two centre halves were on top of him. They didn't give him enough time to get his head up to look for those little passes in between. They keep talking about. Anyone you speak to, when things ain't going right for Liverpool, they go, oh, they shouldn't have sold Mane. 
I think Mane said he wanted to. I think Mane wanted to go. I think he, I think he pushed that one. But it wasn't about Mane playing or not. It was the fact that Manchester United got up against them very, very quickly. They didn't sit back and allow Liverpool to come on them, as as every team has done with Liverpool for the past two seasons. They virtually said, "You're better than us." You can have the ball and hopefully we can see out a nil-nil. Now we've seen it the first game of the season. I said it after watching the first 10, 15 minutes against Fulham. I think the teams are going to go up against them. They'll go against them for what Fulham done against them. Against yeah. them because Fulham should have beaten them. Fulham went up against them. You know, my old, I watched Fulham in a championship so many times over the last three, four seasons. And I always question their back four. That same back four dominated Liverpool. Their midfield dominated Liverpool and Mitrovic gave them a nightmare. And we've seen we've seen Crystal Palace go to Anfield and we've seen Newcastle have a go at Man City. I really do believe now, Wayne, I'm, more than anything, I'm hoping it happens this season, that we are going to get a competitive a competitive league. I really, yeah. really do. I mean, everyone talks about 90 points, oh, the best ever Premier League side, 90 points. As Roy said... You don't get extra points by, you know, by, you know, by getting 90 points. It doesn't make you better. The reason why City and Liverpool are getting so many points is because the league's not competitive. That's the reason why. Oh, you read about I mean, some, some fans go, oh, but look how many points United won. About. They only got that many points. That's not good enough. Well, to be honest, we could go to Celeste Park and get beaten at that given time, playing against Crystal Palace or Wimbledon. But it wouldn't have been a major shock because those teams are always competitive against the big boys. That's when football was competitive through the cards, where every player had a desire to beat a top team, to prove yeah. themselves and maybe showboat themselves to get a move to a big team. But they're not really fussed anymore because they're earning big money. They're content with what they're getting. There's no thrust to improve themselves by jumping a level to a bigger club. So I'm really hoping now that we're going to see a competitive league. And if you look at it, you look at Spurs, you're looking at Arsenal, you're looking at Chelsea. They're, they're going to be saying, can we compete against those two? Can we beat them? I'm hoping if United can do a little bit more in the window, that United can actually, I can turn around and say, United can get top four. Not a Europa League spot. They can get top four. Not a nice thing to say for United, in my opinion. But I'd be more happier saying that in a few weeks' time after the first and, after the first of September, and what I'm having to say now, Wayne. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, one, one little, one little bad point on the game. But I'll just before we come to that, Rory says I believe the term for Martial is a pressing monster. I never thought we'd say that. Yeah. He was, um, it was like that yesterday. One little bad mark, not necessarily in his performance because his performance was all right, but Fernandez took the armband and really <laughs> was it captain like? I mean, he, he played all right, like I said, but there was the dive, um, uh, which was a yellow card, and then there was the not giving the ball back, which. At first, he's like you. You do see that sometimes, but then he just kept hold of it, and you're risking a yellow card very easily. And you're meant to be the captain, you know. And if he'd have been sent off, then United United's game plan was very much set in in those last 15 minutes. It was very much set on making sure that men were covering men. And if we'd had lost a man, we would have been at a massive disadvantage. And you 
the last person you think should be putting your team at a disadvantage like that in such a needless way because they would have both been needless yellow cards would have been your captain. Um, so it's a bit of a weird one because generally he played all right. He wasn't that wasteful in possession and he, he created some good openings and with his movement and with his passing, but the, the off-the-ball stuff, Paul, um, oh, <laughs> left a, a lot to be desired, right? Yeah, it did. Um, I, I mean, he does it every game. I mean, the booking, the booking, the diving was seriously embarrassing. He threw his leg, and then he tried to throw his leg into the player. He screams. I really don't understand him. And then when you're, we're only talking about two incidents, but it was a lot of it during the game. He grabs that ball, and you think, yeah, you do that. It's a few seconds. The moment you get one come over, you do, but then two of them come over, just drop the ball. Just drop the ball. But then they kind of flick the ball out of his hand. Then he tried to grab it again. And then he tried to make out. And so he got hit in the face of the referee. And the referee never changed his tone, didn't shout and scream. He must have virtually said to him, I could have booked you again there, by the way. And you'd have been sent off. And that would have been embarrassing. And, um, and it would have been embarrassing for Fernandez, but I don't think he cares. But it would be more embarrassing for the football club. Yeah. They're giving a petulant, a petulant little boy the captain's armband to lead men. And you are, you, you got to be to play for United. To you, you got to become a man. And he's not the person. Just by the way he acts, is absolutely. It, it just, it grates me every time I watch him play. Every time he gets tackled, he throws himself. He screams, and I think to myself, you throw yourself to the floor. It wasn't a foul. That team's on a counter attack. Help your teammates out. Chase back. If you've got a, a valid point, chase back, win it, and the moment the game lapses, stops, go and just say to the referee, come on. But don't lie on the floor thinking, looking up and seeing if the game's going to stop and then get up and start limping when you haven't had contact. And it's something that I think we all done it as we all done it as school kids, as, as men, when we were young boys, when it was like, it's my ball, I'm not happy, I'm going to take it home. It's, it's awful. It's, I just can't believe I'm seeing someone in his, you know, in his later years in football, behaving like that. And again, I can see why he hasn't really gone and done it at a big club and maybe why a big club hasn't gone in for him by his, by his behaviour. His best football was when the stadium was empty. That's when United got the best out of him. Now you're looking for the same again. There's no consistency in his game at all. You do not know what you're getting. He's, he's not consistent in his form and... And when you look at him composure-wise, he's not there. He's very, very erratic in everything he does. Yeah. yeah. You might think uh, there was one moment in the first half where he, he went down and he felt like he was going to take his time down. But I think Martinez actually yanked him up, uh, which is yeah. good to see. Um, and you, you do wonder if like the players who are coming in um, are going to have that kind of impact. Casemiro certainly so. seems to be one, right? Because obviously. This is another thing about the combinations. Varane and Casemiro have played together. They've both played with Ronaldo. I know he's probably not going to be there for the long term, but certainly Varane and Casemiro in that defensive unit could make a massive difference. And Casemiro has played with Cruz and Modric. He knows class when he sees it, so he's going to be encouraging the same from, from Fernandez. you would hope. And he's certainly got the character to sort of dominate in that area of the park as well. Um, I would 
you already mentioned about what people talk about his age and everything like that, and that he could potentially be a smart signing. Definitely an upgrade on what we've got. Yeah, was he on the manager's list? Not entirely sure whether or not that was a, a sort of speculative inquiry that just came off, but he's certainly a massive upgrade. He's, he's certainly one of the best players in that area in world football, so theoretically it makes a lot of sense. Still talking about a lot of money um, being spent on Anthony, the IX winger. Um, you can take the fight financial package out of it because of the fact he's a player that the manager clearly wants and, and knows. Um, and De Jong is another one that's still getting mentioned and you wonder where, if you get Casemiro and you've got Fernandez and Eriksen in there, you're wondering where De Jong will play in there. Gakpo, this forward, I've never seen him play, but he's been um, linked as a possible alternative to play as a number nine in front, um, interchanging with Martial, I, I guess, if, if Ronaldo goes. Um, it's going to be a big week, isn't it, in terms of who we bring in and let go? Yeah, it is. And everyone, non-Manchester United fans, will be watching. Some will be hoping that's it now and United don't bring any more because they'll be a little bit concerned what's going on. Um, but it, it will be interesting to what it does. And, it, you know, it, it, it changes. It will change the complexion of the season for Manchester United. If an extra one or two do come in, that's the one. And then it's about the integration of them. And then what it does, certain players who have been around for a few years will, will, will have choices to make will have choices about how they're going to conduct themselves while they're at Manchester United. Some, or maybe even only one, might just throw it in and just can't can't go again, can't make that change again, get back into it because they've been sitting back in the comfort zone for too long. We see Marcus Rashford, we know there's something there now. It's up to him what he does next. Really, he's in control. He, it's, it's in his hands of where he goes, where he goes now. He's got to go back and be the local boy and try and become the local hero again and go and prove go and prove a lot of people wrong. People like myself who turn around and said he ain't going to get it back. So there was definitely saying there, he can't step back from what he'd done there. Martial, to a point, he's another one who you've seen when he's come on, you've seen that little bit of driving him. He's got to go and do that again. Yeah. If he doesn't start, if, if he doesn't start the next game and he might go back to Ronaldo for some reason, which I don't know if he does... He's got to accept that. But if he does come on a sub, he's got to go out there and prove the reasons why he shouldn't be sub. That's what you're yep. looking for with Martial. You're looking, you're looking at Fernandez, who should be a little bit concerned about his place if the players that are being talked about. If, and like you just mentioned there, if he's still chasing Dion, then he's got to look at himself and ask yep. himself, is, is, is he going to be playing regular? And know that if he do, if he do get Dion after the 1st of September... He's at least at Manchester United until January, yeah. and so he, there's a lot of thing. A lot of players have got to, as the saying goes, have a good look at themselves and, and ask themselves, what do they want? Do they want to be at Manchester United and not be happy when they've had years of playing but taken away because they haven't delivered and someone's coming and able to change it? Do they want to be around? If you speak to someone who's been there and done it about being around, and Missing out, missing out on the good bits, being around, but I'm the person to speak to and tell you it's a horrible place to be. Yeah. Horrible place to be. But if it, if I, if I was sitting there and saying it was all right, thoroughly good and enjoyable, and I, you know, I was happy, you know, I accepted that I wasn't going to be playing regularly in that final season, 
then oh, I'm, I'm the wrong person. You, you, if you're not feeling bitter, twisted, and just have the raving up and getting bad vibes, then there's something wrong with you, to be honest, because you've got to miss it. Players who sit there and smile and seem content are not the people that really you want about want around in a situation. You want somebody who wants to prove a point, who's unhappy that he's not playing regularly and wants to now, who now sees a situation where it seems like the good times are coming. They're starting to see something. They're starting to see the buzz, the vibe, how people are starting walking quicker out. People are now not sneering at you when you walk past them on the street. They're stopping you and talking to you. That's the that's the area you want to get to when you play for clubs like Manchester United. Yeah, and at least from your position, you were coming from a position of you'd won something and these players yeah. haven't yet achieved. So you would hope that they've got that drive. And, and let's be fair, yesterday seemed like the first step on, on that road. So we've got to keep, they're going to have that chance to, so, well, some of the players are going to have that chance anyway. And that's going to come starting at Southampton next week. And you said it right at the top of this podcast. It's very much the Manchester United mentality. Like Liverpool's yesterday, like it's already gone. And they've got to be looking at Southampton. And they've got to be looking at matching that performance. Like I think the, the, the analytics were that, you know, United had run more than Liverpool. And I mean, yeah, you can talk about possession and what possession means for running and everything like that. But it, it was clear to see that there was a more energetic performance in United. And they've got to they've got to match that every week now. But they can't be just a one-off against Liverpool. That's going to be the minimum standard. It, like for these players, it looks like it's a maximum threshold. But it has to be the minimum standard moving forward now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, def- it definitely has to be that way. It can't it can't can't be anything else. Can't be anything else. And to go to Southampton now and not work hard would be so disrespectful to everyone. Yeah. And more importantly, to themselves really, if they went and done that. That that would just say a lot about players if they were not to go and work hard. And that's that's been the biggest problem for a number of years that they consistently didn't work hard in every game. In Southampton they have to work hard work a really, really hard because Southampton will be on the highest. It's a big game for them. Hasn't always been a favourite place for Manchester United, and even in the old ground as such, <clears throat> hasn't always been the most, you know, their favourite place to go. So they've got to go and start in the same way. That's why I'm really hoping that he doesn't make any changes. I just hope he keeps the same, just to turn around and say to him, there you are. Go and, yeah. go and give me something. Go and play at the same intensity. Every, you know, and I just want everyone a few players can step a little bit. I'd look. Sancho scored a fantastic goal. Yeah. wasn't in the game. wasn't in the game enough. Wayne wasn't. Didn't see enough of him in the game with the ball at his feet in the in the final third. Didn't see enough. Alanga started to get a, better times in the end. He got past up um, Alexander Arnold after two attempts failed early on. You look for a little bit more from him in that sense. Set. Um, Fernandez, you definitely want you want more discipline from him, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. When you're away from home, the last thing you need is players rolling around the floor, riling your fans. You want to go there and you want to get the fans as quiet as possible. Manchester United used to do that in my time and after by getting hold of the ball and everyone everyone after they're screaming and shouting and all all the not nice things they used to say about you as as you were playing, they go quiet. And then when you win the game, they clap you off because you give them a lesson. That's the bits I, I want to see. And I want to see Fernandez 
he's the one you worry about playing away from home because of his discipline. You don't need that. Sometimes when I played, when you had the likes of Eric, Roy and Incy, and you're asking them sometimes, if it wasn't, you want them first three or four minutes, five minutes, just to be settled. Players used to try and upset them, get them going. And a few times they won that battle. But the majority of the time, those three knew what it was about when you played away from home because everybody wanted to beat Manchester United. Yeah, um, it'll be the case for Southampton. Mark says, morning, football brewery. So Alex used to say that Carrington can be a very lonely place when things aren't going for you. Looks like some of our players are about to find that out, testing their character. The last 24 months has been a test of their character. Well, more than that, five years, really. Uh, just one last thing, Paul. Uh, you mentioned like going to Southampton, not making any changes. Obviously, he's going to have Casemiro in the fold. Would you keep McTominay in? Do you reward him for that performance and say it's your position to lose? Uh, obviously, Casemiro is going to be first choice, but do you reward him for the fact that he did put in a good performance? I, I think you have to, and it's, it's and you know. It's, Scott McTominay, as I've said many times, you, you don't you don't win anything with him as a regular in your team. You just don't. I'm not going to change that after a performance against Liverpool. But you would expect him to be like that in the game and try and lift himself and try and keep things easy and correct when you're playing Liverpool. And he's gone and done that. This is a tester for him now. How does he how does he go out there and get his game right against Southampton? who are going to have a little bit more of an edge about them in midfield because they're not going to have a Milner or a Henderson in their midfield. He'll be up against a quicker quicker midfield players than what he was in that game. So that so we'll see how he handles that. I'm saying to myself, that's where he struggles. That's where, that's where his decision-making gets really difficult because they get his head down and his feet aren't that quick when he's got the ball around him. Around him. He's not that quick when he's in possession. So... It's a, it's a test for him, but I do think, yes, he should start. Casemiro, maybe not to come in in that game. He'll train, I'm sure he's training today. He'll be training maybe up until the weekend, but I'm quite sure just to, maybe if he was to sit on the bench would would maybe be enough at, at this moment in time. Reward all those players the opportunity to go out and give everything, more than anything, go and work just as hard, maybe a little bit harder if you've got that there. And if you do that, the only thing you can't guarantee is the result. That's out of your hands. But the only thing you can guarantee is that United will probably be playing in that green kit again, which is a delightful thing to look at. Um, Do you know what? I've actually come out. That, that is worse than a grey kit. I'm putting that at worse than a grey kit, especially as that now. It's going to have to live with that, with that 4-0 around its neck as well. Yeah, well, I mean, at least in the grey kit, you couldn't see each other. The the green kit, they just blend in with the pitch. Do you know what I mean? So, the invisibility cloaks, um, unfortunately. Um, well, you know, they've got a chance to atone for it. They'll probably wear it on, on Saturday, so we'll see. Um, yeah, we will be back next week to talk about that. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, do feel free to get your comments in on the replay because we still reply to them. If you're listening back on the audio podcast, give us a review on the platform you're listening on. We'll be back next week to talk about the conclusion of the transfer market and um, United's game at Southampton. Until then, stay safe, stay well. Thanks for listening and watching. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.